welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. We've just started a series all about vision. And not just a goal or just like, yeah, that's a a New Year's resolution for this year, but God's vision for our life. How do we discover that and how do we walk in that with confidence? So all comes around uh, Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint or other translations where there is no vision, the people perish. And really, when you look at that and unpack that verse, this is what it means. If you can't see or if you lose God's vision for your life, you will act recklessly. You will wander aimlessly and ultimately perish. And I sort of talked about it last week that you know, when, we, when we fall, when we're tempted to sin, when, uh, when we lose track of things, when we do things that are silly, it's, it's not always, or it is a sin issue, but fundamentally I believe it is a vision issue because if we lose vision, God's vision for our life, we are going to do dumb things. We are going to act recklessly. So therefore, um, discovering God's plan, His purpose, His vision for our life is absolutely crucial for us um, as, as we live uh, this life. So that's sort of the, the motivation behind the series and uh, just started last week with a couple of points, and I'll recap them this week. It's discovering God's vision for your life. It's not developing. It's not something we just sit down. It's like, right, this is what I want for my life. It's actually hearing from the heart of God and asking God what He wants for your life. So last week, which was the first point, was follow Jesus, which I think should be the first point in every single sermon. Follow Jesus with all of our hearts. If we let go of the Lordship, of our life, and if we give that lordship over to Jesus, then we will experience true life. But I think what sometimes happens is we give Jesus our lives, but we don't necessarily give him the lordship of our life. So follow Jesus with all of your heart, number one, if you want to discover God's vision for your life. Number two, turn aside to seek him. Learn to stop in between the steps in our, in our busyness and our st- stressed out lives um, and our distracted lives. Let's learn the art of stopping and just spending that time seeking God. And if you want to know more about those, um, I unpacked them in a lot more detail last week. If if you haven't heard that, please just check it out, um, watch it or listen to it. So coming into part two this week. So follow Jesus, turn aside to seek. Number three, live in the Lord. Live in the Lord. That, that phrase, in the Lord, it's quite prevalent in Scripture. What does it actually mean? In Psalm 37, I love that psalm, but we'll read from 3 to 7, and it's just amazing. Here we go. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So it says, trust in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, commit your way to the Lord, be still 
before the Lord. If we really want to discover God's vision for our life, I think there is a lot of amazing truths in this. So the first one is trust in the Lord. What does it really truly mean to trust God? And in the dictionary it says, trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth or ability of someone or something really truly trusting that God's, like I prayed, God's never going to let us go. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to drop us. <laughs> Reminds me of a story when I was at a 21st many years ago, my mate hired a band and there wasn't too many of us there, but one of our friends, a young lady, wanted to do some stage diving. <laughs> so it's like, you're going to catch me, you're going to catch me. It's like, yeah, we're going to catch you. The thing is, we didn't really catch her and it, it didn't end. <laughs> it didn't end well. And I, I wouldn't blame her for having tr trust issues ever since after that. But that's the thing, we, we, we get disappointed in people and, and, and we lose trust and then we sort of almost uh, think that we, we lose trust in God. God is not a person. He is never ever gonna, gonna leave you um, or forsake you or let you down. You can trust God with your whole entire life. Trust in the Lord. Number two, delight in the Lord. Make God the utmost delight and the pleasure of your life, not just one of your pleasures, not just a hobby, not just like, well, you know, Jesus is going to save me from hell, but make him and the pursuit of him, the desire, the pursuit, the delight of your life. And then there's an incredible promise. He will give you the desires of your heart. But we just got to understand the order here. It says, make the pursuit of God your life goal, not your life goals. So, so often what happens is we pursue our life goals and he's like, Jesus, come along for the ride. And he's like trying to, to run to catch up and say, Simon, this is what I, I have for you. This is the plan I have for you. But it's like, no, I, I want to go this way. Um, and then we wonder why we get into trouble. But if we make Jesus the delight of our life, make him the pursuit, then this incredible thing happens. And it's a promise. He will give us the desires of our heart. As we get closer to God, it's just so amazing that our desires become more like the desires of God's, God's heart. It's like, oh, I really want a Tesla car. Well, at the end of the day, when you have a real revelation of Jesus, what sort of make of car that you drive, it's not that important. It's like, God, I want to see my friends and family saved. I want to see your purposes done. I want to see this, this city one for Jesus our desires become more in line with Jesus' desires. So trust in the Lord, delight in the Lord. Actually, though, I wouldn't mind a Tesla. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> Number three, it says, commit your way to the Lord. Now, this is a really weird word in the Greek. It literally is roll. So uh, Bible translators are sort of like, what do we like, roll to the Lord? What does that mean? So they've translated it, commit, but it literally means roll. So if we take it literally, I really do think it means roll your burdens onto the Lord, all the, your cares and, and, and worries, roll them onto the Lord. Or it could be roll uh, before the Lord or, or to the Lord or together with God. It's just, it's quite an amazing word. I do think really like if we're trusting God then and we delight in Him, then we understand He loves us so much and we can literally give Him, roll our cares and our worries onto the Lord. But so often we, don't, we have trust issues, we don't trust Him enough and we try and grab a hold and keep in control of, of those, those burdens and those stresses and worries. So commit your way to the Lord and lastly, be still before the Lord or rest 
in the Lord, which means quiet your heart in His presence. Just be deliberate with that. We really have to do that. Take time aside to really focus on resting in God. Now, I got a, a Garmin watch for, for Christmas. It's the best present I've ever got. It's a, it's a smart watch and it's got all these inc- it's incredible technology. Um, and one of the things is like it, it measures your stress. And when you get too stressed out, it's happened twice so far since I've got it. It sort of gives you a notification saying you need to take time out. You need to like breathe. You need to, to relax. And it's pretty ama- it's, it's actually quite accurate. I don't know how the tech and it must be quite amazing. But you can actually gauge. Um, it's got a, a measurement of percentage. And I can see that and I can think, right, Simon, I don't actually talk to myself, but I think, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to relax. I'm going to going to spend some time, I'm just going to slow my breathing. Usually, or sometimes I say, God, I, I really give this issue to you. And you can literally watch your, my stress levels go down. It absolutely works. But we've got to be deliberate. I've got to be deliberate in those times. And I really do think it's the same as resting or learning to rest in the Lord. Be deliberate. Now, we, we just, we're running around, we're so busy, we're so distracted, and we wonder why we're so stressed if we don't spend time resting in God. But God is saying, hey, Simon, please spend time with me. I'm your answer. I'm your hope. Give and roll your stress upon me. You don't have to carry all of that. I just think that's an amazing promise. And uh, I know I've preached about this before, but Mark 11, 28 to 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, um, what I have for you to carry is easy. And if you're going to carry it the way I want you to carry it, the way I've created you to carry it, it's going to be light. That's just an incredible, incredible promise in God's word. So follow Jesus, turn aside to seek him, live in the Lord, trust, delight, commit, and be still. And uh, just, just with that, last week I was talking about how God is the, the planner and he gives us the plans for our lives and then we build according to God's plans, not ours. And I was talking it over with Christy this week. And the amazing thing is God's not just the planner. He is also helping us with the building. And there are scriptures in the Bible that says he is the co-laborer with us. He, he co-builds with us. So it's not like, again, that God is so harsh and Simon, you've got to build to this exact plan and I'm, I'm just going to leave you to it. I'm going to judge you. He's there helping us all the time. He's so relational. He loves being so intricately involved in our lives. And I do think there is freedom there as well. And that's, that's one of the discussion questions for the lounge churches. Um, how much freedom does God give us when he gives us the plans for our lives and he asks us to build according to his plans? That's an, an amazing discussion. So number four, take action. Joel Barker said, vision without action is merely a dream. So we can have this God vision for our life, but if we actually don't make steps to see that happen, then it can just be a dream. And in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, in the Old Testament, um, God gave this, this guy Habakkuk a, a vision, um, a prophecy, and then it says, the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Again, it's not something that Habakkuk just, just made up. He heard from God and then God's saying, write it down, make it plain so that he may run who reads it. And I think there's, again, some incredible principles 
in there for us to follow as we discover God's vision for our life. So the first one, write down the vision. Unpack what you have discovered of God's vision for your life. Now, you might know it a little bit or you you might uh, know quite a bit of it, but spend time actually writing God's vision for your life down. Make God's vision and purpose for your life visible. There is a lot of power in that. So write down the vision and then it says, make it simple or make it plain. So as you do this, make sure your God vision is attainable. You know, it would be, you know, you wouldn't want to get so discouraged. Like, this is my God vision and I'm so far away from that. I'm never going to see that happen. Um, I'm, just gonna, I'm just so discouraged right now. I'm just going to give up. And that's not the purpose of writing down um, God's vision for you. Make sure it's going to motivate you and inspire you. Um, and again, as you've got that, then you can start to, to pray into it and declare it over your life and make it a regular affirmation. Now, there's a lot of talk about positive affirmations um, in, in this world today. And it's because when we speak positive positivity over our lives, it does benefit, benefit us. Words have power. But that's just in a secular sense. When you put God into the equation, just imagine how powerful it will be in our lives if we, um, we have God's vision or what we know of God's vision for our life and we write it down and we start declaring it Um, and affirming it and praying into it in our lives. I just think that's absolutely amazing. So what I did this week is I spent time just just writing down um, God's vision for me as I see it. And I just want to read this out just just to encourage you guys, and yours might be completely different to this, but just to, to hopefully inspire you to do the same. Here we go. Jesus is first in my life, and I exist to glorify him. I'll be the best husband and father I can be by God's grace. I'll be the best God's version of Simon Drake I can be. I gladly take upon myself Jesus' easy yoke and his light burden. I'm anointed, empowered, and equipped to reach people for God. I will lead a healthy multi-generational church or churches that change lives and impact communities. I will communicate God's word effectively with creativity, relevance, and conviction. I will champion the next generation of upcoming history makers for Jesus. I will lead by example, living a life worthy of my call with integrity, passion, and enthusiasm. And the world will be different and better because I served Jesus today. And then thirdly, it says that it will inspire and motivate those who read it. If you can see God's vision for your life, it will change your outlook on life and inspire everyone around you. So I'm not saying being arrogant with this at all. A lot of the time it's just between you and God, but as you really believe in it and as you pray into it and declare declare it, it is gonna change your outlook on life. You're gonna be filled with vision and vision is attractive. People will be drawn to God because of your understanding of God's vision for your life. So just as a, a bit of an illustration for this, just imagine there are three bricklayers and they're, they're just doing their job one day, they're, they're building a wall, and they're all on the same pay, and uh, make, let's, let's say minimum wage, whatever, and they're just like being bricklayers. And you come across the first one, and he, he looks 
morose. He just like, looks like he just wants to, to throw it in. You're saying, what are you doing? And he's saying, well, I'm a bricklayer. I lay bricks for a living. This is what I do. I just brick upon brick. I'm laying bricks. It's, just, it's not really fun, but this is what I do. I'm, I'm earning some money. Um, this is what I do. So that's him. The second one, you come along, and he looks a little bit more positive, And you ask him, well, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm a bricklayer, and I'm building this wall. It's, it's, it's quite amazing, this wall, that I'm, I'm playing my part in building. So the first bricklayer hasn't got any vision at all. He can't see past what he's doing right there. The second bricklayer has a little bit more, like a partial vision of, of what he's doing. And the third bricklayer, he just looks so inspired and motivated. He's upbeat. He's positive. Um, he's one of those guys that you want to hang out with. Uh, and you say, well, what, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm a bricklayer, but I'm building this great cathedral for God. And, and that's what they were doing. They're building this incredible church building where people can come and they can worship and connect with God. They were doing all the same thing, but it was the vision that was different. One person, the first one, had no vision and he was depressed and discouraged. The second one had partial vision. The third one had incredible vision and it changed their complete outlook on life. So vision is so important. So I'm so excited about being part of of Renew Church and this church family. It's not just here now, it's other places in the world. And you could be thinking, well, I just serve coffee or I'm just doing this or, you know, I'm just on the camera. Alex, thank you so much this morning. Um, I'm, just, I'm just doing this. But then you can think, wait a second, I'm playing my part in seeing people connected and saved um, and, and, and seeing their whole lives changed around. I'm, I'm playing my small part, but it's to see the kingdom um, become established on planet Earth and see Jesus lifted high. And as we have that vision, it changes everything. That's why I think serving in church, giving to church is so exciting. We're a part of something so much bigger and so powerful for the glory of God, for eternal value. And uh, so it's like, oh, I'm just filling my slot for this month again, uh, or well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something incredible for God. And you absolutely are. So in conclusion, last week, sort of talked about Mark 8 where Jesus prayed for a blind man and he got partial sight. And Jesus said, what do you see? And the guy said, well, I see people, but they look like trees. And I really felt prophetically that's a picture of a lot of us. We've had an encounter with Jesus, but we can only see God's purpose for our life sort of partially. And I prayed into that. And I hope some of you guys got breakthrough and revelation as a result. But this week, that, that whole phrase, when Jesus asked the guy, when he had partial sight restored, he asked him, what do you see? And so I looked that up online and about seven times in the Old Testament, God gives people visions and then he asks them to repeat that vision. And he, so he gives a prophecy or he gives a picture or a vision to someone. And then he says, what do you see? And then that person that he gave the vision to repeats it back to him, which proves that there is real power again in, in affirming and speaking over and declaring what you know of God's vision for your life. And if you like that third brick layer, it will change your outlook on life as God shows you the big picture. So I want to challenge us this morning. What do you see? What has God shown you so far? And be confident to, to pray that and declare and say, well, God, this is what you've shown me thus far. It's becoming a little bit more clearer, but I'm going to pray this back to you. I'm going to start declaring it and affirming it over my life. I'm going to be 
committed to seeing the big picture that what I'm doing is, is of so much importance in the kingdom of God. As God's vision for your life becomes clearer, what do you see and how will you live as a result? Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.